Hello and welcome to Wangaratta Baptist Church. My name is Pastor Aaron. I'm so thrilled that you've decided to join with us today for this message. This message was recorded live at one of our Sunday morning services, which are on every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here in Wangaratta. If you're here uh, in town on a Sunday, then why not come along and join with us in fellowship with other believers as we open the word together and hear from the scriptures. But if you are connecting with us online, don't let this replace uh, coming to a, a local church. Uh, they are vitally important for the growth of all believers. And so get along to your local church. But if not, then, then at least help. let this be a supplement to help you in your walk with the Lord. And so we do believe that the, the scriptures are the inerrant word of God and they're here to train us and equip us. And so we will be speaking and opening up the scriptures together. So, so get your Bibles out and follow along. And I trust that this message that you are watching today will really encourage you and inspire you and help you understand the hope that we do have in Jesus Christ. May it be a blessing to you. Question I have for you. Why do we exist? Yeah, 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 right on it. It's a question that we do need to keep reminding ourselves of. Why as a church do we exist here? What's, what's our purpose? Over two years ago, we set out to actually answer that question. Why has God brought all of us here together as part of this church family for what purpose has he called each one of us to be in this church in Wangaratta for a time such as this? We set out to answer that question. And then for that answer to shape and guide our ministry focus. And little did we know after launching this new ministry pathway and vision that just five months later we would be in lockdown and life would change considerably from that moment until this one. But whilst we didn't know what was coming, as I said before, God did. And he has continued to work in and through our church to accomplish his plans and purposes. And so today on the two-year anniversary of our vision launch, it gives us a great opportunity to revisit and remind ourselves of what God has done amongst us over these last two years, two very challenging years, and see, yes, how even in a pandemic, God has been able to work for his glory and our good, and how the plans that we put in place, how many of them have been accomplished. And then we can take a look forward, even at what those plans might be accomplished in this coming year, the last year of our strategic plan, as we begin also to look at the next three to five years. So why do we exist? We exist to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel to the northeast by making disciples through authentic worship, vibrant family, gospel-centered growth and joyful service. Most of you have heard that before. Some of you, particularly our visitors and those who are new, um, you've probably never heard that at all. But that's why we exist. Glory to God, hope to the northeast, if you want to really condense it down. That's the big picture. 
This is why we are here as a church. Our primary purpose is to bring glory to God. There is no question about this. It is our highest calling. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. But our mission is also really important to God. After all, he is the one that has sent each one of us on mission for him. And so our mission as a church is to bring the hope of the gospel to the northeast by making disciples, by making more followers of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. God is about multiplication. More and more people. That's what the scriptures say, more and more people. He wants us to be people who multiply the blessings he has bestowed upon us to be people who help others come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ and see more people be redeemed and reconciled with the Father. Philippians, 10, 11, uh, Philippians 2, 10, 11 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His glory. Our salvation is the realisation of the greatest hope we could ever have. The beginning of our life sealed in Christ by his mercy. It is hope in life eternal. As we see from this passage in Titus 3, 4-7. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Hope. That is what we are to bring. As believers, we are to bring hope. The hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ who has saved us. And we've even determined four areas in how we're going to bring hope to the northeast. And so the first of those is authentic worship. So let's remind ourselves of how our values and our DNA play out through authentic worship. By the grace of God and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we seek to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel through genuine expressions of authentic worship. Worship is a way of life and cannot be limited by time or place. Our worship is Jesus-centered, full of joy, faith and integrity, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is the fuel for discipleship. It utilizes the gifts of many to worship Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. So that's our sort of our values, our DNA 
is summed up in a sentence that summarizes what, it, what authentic worship means for us. And from there, we made a plan. Now, we called this a strategic plan, and uh, it was there to guide us for the next three years. And there's one year left of that plan, and many things have been accomplished, and many more are yet to be done. But this area was broken up mainly into three sections. Um, the first of those was our music and worship team, a natural iteration of authentic worship. Um, and we have welcomed some new musicians. Um, Daniel on guitar, it's been brilliant to have you joining our team and Anne-Marie singing. There's, there's space for, for plenty more. And, and we continue to encourage and develop others. We still have the goal of working towards every service utilising a live worship team. But until we have a team large enough for that and to facilitate that, we might just have live worship like we've done today once a month with a full band and then have the other pre-recorded stuff on the other weeks. But can you, in your prayers, keep praying for two more guitarists or 22 more guitarists would be brilliant. You know, two more pianists, two more drummers, two more basses, two more of everything really, and then that again, you know, keep praying for that for us because we'd love to expand our team to be able to um, worship live at every service. But we acknowledge that worship is also a way of life. We don't come to church on a Sunday for worship. We, wherever we go, we live worship. Our lives are lived in worship. Worship is a way of life. And so one of the expressions that is born out of this has been our affinity ministries. And they're an expression of our worship as a way of life. And so in this regard, we encourage people with a passion or an interest to use those for God's glory and to bring hope. And so with Jenny's leadership, this year we started Craft Converge, a way of her using her gifts, skills, talents, abilities, and the passion she has and others in our church also have to come together and to do that in worship of God as a, a part of a normal life. Bob's done the same with his leadership and encouragement of our um, men, particularly through golf. And we started Golf Converge this year, um, which has been great. I've loved getting out there a few times and having a hit as well. Their encouragement is that everyone use your skills, your passions, your expertise, your background, your hobbies, that all might be used to bring glory to God and hope to the Northeast by using ordinary things we do, but do them in worship of God. You know, for me, it's, it's music. I love music. And, and that's, I've spent years learning instruments and everything. And so for me, I conduct the Wangretta Orchestra, which uh, actually meets here on a Tuesday evening. And it's not a church ministry, but it's a way that I can bring hope as I use my gifts that God has given me in worship of him and to bless our community. You know, there might be other ways that you could do the same and other groups that you're involved in that you're already doing the same. And I'm sure that in coming years, there'll be more things that emerge um, from your passions. So it's about adding a chair, not about adding more stuff, as we mentioned last week. 
And we've also have an area of creative arts. Now, our creative arts attention has really been focused all online and our digital capabilities over the last pretty much two years. Um, but who knows? God may be raising others up with a passion for creative arts, and we do hope to grow this space in coming years as God leads and guides. The second area of our vision is vibrant family. So how do our values and DNA play out through vibrant family? Well, let's be reminded, it's by the grace of God, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we seek to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel through relationship as a vibrant family. Our local church is family where everyone is welcome and can belong. Family is the context for discipleship. As family, we embrace all generations, nurturing deep friendships through love, prayer and caring for each other. We empower and equip each other with compassion, generosity and hospitality naturally in fellowship and faith in a safe space. So our strategic plan focused on three areas here as well, our men's ministry, our women's ministries, and our family ministries. Now, men's and women's ministries have primarily been on hold during COVID. Um, and as we emerge from COVID in 2022, it will be really good to engage in these areas again, safely. You know, and, and the idea that might be that we hold one or two men's or women's events um, throughout next year as it becomes safer to do so. With our family ministries, it was a thrill this year to begin Kids Converge, and, and, and that began with great effect. And it's certainly um, been the casualty of COVID at, at times throughout the year, but we're hoping to have one last Kids Converge uh, as a Christmas event on the first Thursday in December to finish off our year. It's been a pleasure to share the gospel with up to 20 kids, some who had never even heard the gospel before or the real meaning of Easter even, as I've shared with you before. And as a team, we're really looking forward to this ministry continuing next year. Um, so that is a first and third Thursdays of the month um, during school term um, on a Thursday from four to six. Uh, so it's been brilliant to have heaps of kids coming along and not just our own kids, but kids from the community. I sent a me message off to a few families recently and they're like, oh, so excited. This will be great. And our kids have been hanging out to come back. And then I got another message. Oh, my daughter's devastated. She's on school camp that day. So it, how much it means to these kids from our community that come along. The strategic plan also looked forward to having a youth ministry running soon. Um, we were hoping to begin um, prepare, preparations for that this year. But of course, that's not going to work. Um, so we we're going to start looking at how we can meet that need and what the best way is in the coming years ahead to meet that, as well as a young adults ministry. Um, we are waiting for God's timing to, to get both of these up and running and off the ground. Um, but these are key and essential ministries to begin in the near future. We do have a, num a growing number of youth and young adults in our church, and we continue to pray for more youth and young adults, and more families to join us. The third area is gospel-centred growth. So how do our values and our DNA play out through gospel-centred growth? Let's be reminded. By the grace of God, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, 
We seek to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel through gospel-centered growth. The result of discipleship. We will fulfill Christ's great commission through outreach and discipleship, through a growing love for God and others. We will equip and empower each other to grow in faith and knowledge of the Bible and express the love of Christ through prayer and relationships as reproducing disciples. At the beginning of 2019, um, uh, uh, yes, 2020, sorry, at the beginning of 2020, our key area for seeing this play out practically was through small groups, discipleship and evangelism. And in February last year, we had small group sign-up Sunday. And on that day, we had nearly 80% of the adults in our church join a small group, sign up to join a small group. Since then, four groups have continued and participation has remained very high, even through lockdowns. Some have moved to Zoom, some have delayed, others have met here at the church, but it's continued. And our strategic plan, we, we aimed high we thought, let's go from zero groups, which we had at the time, to two groups. Well, we started with five and kept four going. So we immediately not only met 2020's plan, but 2021's as well on day one. God is good, right? It's something vital as us, for us as Christians is to grow together. And so this year, we'd actually plan on this multiplication, two to four to eight groups, right? But it's probably not really sustainable for us to have eight groups. So instead, it's better to focus on participation percentage of adults, I think. And so 70 to 80% participation is a really strong target that we, we want to adopt so that it, it really reflects the values that we have in gospel-centered growth, that we encourage everyone who can be, as adults, to be involved. So we've got a ladies' um, Monday morning Bible study for ladies on a a Monday morning. Um, My group meets on a a fortnightly Thursday. We've had a Tuesday group that Peter Craft has been leading via Zoom from New South Wales for this whole year. I'm not sure what's happening with that group yet next year, but I'm sure we'll find out. And then we've got the Wangandere group, which is more of a social group, not necessarily as much of a Bible study. And... We also have plenty of our ladies in KYB groups. There's two KYB groups that meet here at the church. So if you add those sort of in, they're not, well, they're not our sort of group, but if you add them in, you know, there's more people that really do um, value gospel-centered growth and are an active participants in that. You know, healthy small groups are an essential element of a healthy church. They are the engine room of spiritual growth and deeper spiritual relationships and connections. So if you're not in a group, may I encourage you to join one. And maybe God might be even asking you to host a group or lead a group next year. And, you know, we have been blessed that there's now no restrictions on home gatherings at all. Nothing holding us back. Discipleship was another element of that. And discipleship really is a term, I think, we give to something that's very natural and organic. It happens all the time between many people in our church, and you might not even notice it. 
It's meeting up with other Christians for encouragement, edification, support. And many of us do this regularly over coffee, lunch, on a walk, even on the golf course. It's about being in relationship with other believers and walking with them through life. You know, friendship, support, those sorts of things. It's about taking those opportunities that present to be intentional and every now and then moving a conversation to more deeper things of life and to encourage, support and nurture those around you. You know, and coming out of COVID, we all need people around us to encourage and support and nurture us. So why not be more intentional about it for your benefit and others as well? On evangelism, it is a vital part of all of our lives as we fulfil our individual call to be salt and light, to push back darkness and create spaces for human flourishing as we bring the hope of the gospel with us. But as a church, we will fulfil our plan to hold an evangelistic Sunday event next year. We were going to do one of these every single year, but we haven't had a chance because we've been in lockdown. Um, but next year, we're definitely going to have one. And that's a Sunday where you can invite your friends, your colleagues, your family, your enemies, anyone really, you invite them along, right? And you can be guaranteed that on that Sunday, we will not only share the gospel plainly, but present an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel. I mean, the gospel is a regular part of our Sunday services anyway. It's, it's presented plainly most weeks, in fact. And it, it's also, it, this year was a pleasure to preach through the Alpha course and we saw fruit from that born amongst us. You know, Alpha was a 15-week series exploring faith and life. And next year, we're going to begin a new series when school goes back, which will run for 31 Sundays. Not all in a row, because we will break and do a few different things through school holidays. So it will follow along with the Sunday school. When the Sunday school is meeting, we'll be doing this series. And this series is called The Story. It was developed by Max Licardo and has, um, uh, it, it basically goes from, generation, from Genesis to Revelation. I'll put those two together and get generation. Um, from Genesis to Revelation, over 31 weeks, and it outlines the upper story, what God is doing over time to bring salvation to the world. And then each session dips into the lower story, looking at a character of the Bible and how God is outworking his plan for salvation of the world throughout, through humanity. Um, our small group, we began this series in our small group a few weeks ago, um, and it's going really well. Um, but as it's 31 weeks, and we only meet fortnightly during school terms, our Sunday sermon series on this next year will finish well before we do. Um, but those resources are available for any small group. I've got all the videos on a USB, just plug them into your TV and you can play them along. They're you know, anywhere from 12 to 20 minutes per session of teaching. And then there's just some discussion guides that lead there's also a book you can get, a companion guide, if you really want to go with us and, you know, fully engage with this. There's, there's a, a book that goes with it that you can actually order and purchase your own copy and do the whole series with us with a, a guided book as well. 
There's also the story, which is like what they've done with the Bible has been to grab bits and put them in this 31 section chronology um, section. So it's sort of like they've used the NIV and they run through basically in those 31 sessions. They run the whole scriptures through that um, lens. Um, so there's plenty of resources available if you'd like to do it. Um, each week we will be showing a, when we start the series, we'll be showing a video update, which is sort of a recap each week as well. So then we have that new, new, new teaching that next week. But that's next year. And there is children's curriculum that goes with it. So our Sunday school will be doing, our kids' church will be doing the exact same teaching as what we're in here, but at their level. So a whole church will be growing through this together, which I'm excited about. So next year, kids and adults learning the same thing, same content each week. So, you know, you can have a chat with the kids anytime. Oh, how did you go with whatever? And they'll know where you're talking about because we're talking about the same thing. That's really good. And the fourth area is joyful service. And so our values and DNA play out through this. Um, by the grace of God, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we seek to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel through joyful service, which is the overflow of discipleship. Our service is an expression of love and stewardship of grace, marked by humility, generosity and hospitality, empowered by a passion for God, and we will selflessly serve others with Christ-like love, compassion and pastoral care, sacrificially giving of our time, gifts, talents and finance as committed and joyful disciples. Now, our key areas here are hospitality, community service and mission. Um, our hospitality and community service is beginning to take really good shape. Judy Walker is heading up our visitation and care team and we're looking forward to commissioning that team next year as we can get underway with more things in this area as we do open up after COVID. Um, we're also beginning to work on a frozen meals pantry, um, which will keep some stock of, you know, emergency meals here so that, you know, when um, uh, loaves and fishes is closed and not available, we can actually just provide a meal immediately if required. Um, and that's also a way of caring for others amongst us you know, so if someone's ill, being in hospital, that sort of thing, we're going to immediately just go and grab something and go and visit and say, here's tea tonight, you know, so that sort of thing. So that's a real practical way of, of bringing hope um, to not only those amongst us, but those in our community as we're aware of as well. Um, we held one morning tea at the police station last year, according to our, our plan. Um, and it was great, really well received and something that we want to re-engage in um, when able and welcome. Um, one project also that we've been begun investigating, and, and I want to tell you right now that this is a thought seed. Um, it is a thought seed. It's in an absolute infancy as a concept, but it's in conjunction with the hospital, and that is to maybe use some of the green space, the unused land we have just beside us, to provide um, that to have a uh, like a, a tiny house of hope if you like a one or two bedroom transportable unit that might be able to provide emergency accommodation to families couples or individuals from out of town who need local short-term accommodation whilst loved ones are in the hospital um, members of our church this year have stepped up twice to provide this sort of accommodation to two families that have needed it 
Both have had babies in the hospital as patients, but the mother has been discharged, but the baby hasn't, and have they been from well out of town. And so a close accommodation has been a real need as those families um, haven't had the ability to find anywhere that's affordable or available locally. At, at Easter time, a family was in the, in the, in the um, caravan park, but yet that got fully booked over Easter, and so they got kicked out. And so Faye and Neil, who were house-sitting at the time, offered their home, which was lovely of them. This time, Matt and Helen have been very gracious and have offered their home, and they've been kicked out to family and, and been ha hanging out with their family, and so they've provided their home for families. But if that's something we could do here, that, how, how good would that be? And the idea, I guess, as it's starting to maybe take shape, I don't know, we don't know if it would happen or not, um, but would be that it would be a community asset owned, funded and supported by the community and hospital, hopefully managed by the hospital's social work team or something like that, um, and we just provide land and service connections, really. Um, and as I said, it's in its infancy, but why not explore things like this, where we can serve our community here in the northeast and bring hope to families in times of upheaval and stress and care for them in a small way. Maybe that might happen. I don't know. We'll see where God takes that. We've also have, as you would be aware, a renovation project of our facilities here currently um, being quoted. And we have got concept plans drawn up for that. And it's something that we will hopefully be able to present to the church for consultation and and. Um, for feedback and discussion in the new year. Um, you know, it's really important that we are good stewards of the resources that God has blessed us with. And this facility is one of those resources. And a really important part of that, it is like the, the, the home hub, the base for our ministry to, to, to operate from. And so making sure that this is fit for purpose and suitable for the next generations of ministry like previous generations have done for us that we're enjoying now is really important so that we can provide that for the future and for whatever God is calling us to do. And that's as we continue to bring the glory to God and the hope of the gospel to the Northeast. Our missions team is also still working strong. We support local mission through loaves and fishes and other initiatives. We support national mission through MAF. And we support overseas mission through our support of the Barnes family in Cambodia, serving with GIA. We also had the privilege, as I said earlier today, of sending over $1,500 to that family in Fiji. The generosity of spirit that is in our church for those in need, that when a call goes out, that sort of much money comes in is just fantastic. You know, when I look down the list of all the things that we had accomplished in our strategic plan, I looked at all the things that we'd hoped to do you know, I was really pleased as I looked through that list and I, I highlighted in yellow all the things that we'd done and we have accomplished 29 of the things that we set out to do in COVID. Imagine what we could have done if there was no COVID, right? But we've been able to do 29 of the things we had planned to do. Now, to me, that is remarkable and is a testimony of the goodness of God and his grace and mercy, and that his hand has been at work through all of this time, even though we might have lost sight of it at times. There are more things that God has in store for us. There are more good works that he has 
prepared in advance for us to do. There are more chairs he would have us add as we go. You know, the future is full of hope and light. As we continue to honour the call that God has placed on each one of us to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel to the northeast. So today, it, it does serve as a reminder of all that God has led us into and is leading us into, but it can also be a day where we each renew our commitment to live out the reason that God has called us all here. That, that reason is His glory and to bring hope to the northeast. Let me finish with this one verse of encouragement from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May we each be filled with hope and all joy and peace as we trust in him, so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for all that you have done in and through our church here over the last two years, even such a difficult time as has been, uh, as we've had. But Lord, we now look forward to the future. We look forward to that future with great anticipation and hope. Lord, we do have a hope that is, is full because, Lord, you are our hope. Lord, you are our living hope. Lord, you are alive and you, your spirit is in each one of us that is guiding and shaping and directing our paths forward. And so, Lord, we thank you for this day which we've been able to remind ourselves of what happened and the journey that this church took some two years ago. And Lord, we, we, we look forward to how that is going to continue to play out in the future. Lord, we don't know what's in store for us. But Lord, we know that your hand is at work in and through us. Two years ago, we didn't know that COVID was coming, but you did. And you have guided us through. And you have led us at all times. And so Lord, we, we thank you for your grace and mercy. And Lord, I pray now that we would each be filled with hope and all joy and peace as we trust in you and so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this in your name. Amen.